Hello. Welcome to the Myths of the Norse. Chapter 9, Duels of Might and Mind. Odin was bored. Thor was off in the east fighting trolls, and Odin felt a bit left out. He decided it was time to mount Sleipnir and go off adventuring. So he put on his golden helmet, mounted his magical horse, and set off. Hour upon hour the Allfather rode, until he found himself in Jotunheim. There, he came across a giant called Hrungnir. The giant was mightily impressed with Sleipnir, but declared that he had a horse that took far bigger strides and could go much faster. It was called Gulfaxi, meaning golden mane. Odin laughed, and said he'd bet his own head that Sleipnir was faster. Hrungnir, seemingly quick to temper, lost his rag and raged at Odin. Odin mounted his horse and galloped back to Asgard, closely followed by Hrungnir and Gulfaxi. When Hrungnir arrived at the doors of Asgard, he was welcomed in by the Aesir. Unfortunately, he was still fuming and was none too polite to his hosts. He demanded to be given a very large drink. Odin said that he was welcome to drink with the Aesir and nodded to two of the Valkyrie who left, swiftly returning with two of Thor's drinking horns. Both were filled to the very brim with quite excellent ale. Hrungnir nearly grinned but managed to stop himself. He drained the first horn without taking a breath, looked up, scowled and then sank the other. It wasn't too long before the ale began to have its effect. Hrungnir, already stroppy and quite unpleasant, was not improved by alcohol. He waved his massive hands about unsteadily. I'll pick up this hall and take it to Jotunheim, he slurred. I'll bury Asgard under the waters. I'll kill every one of you smug Aesir. Hrungnir wobbled and threw down the horn before glancing over at a bemused Odin and his fellows. His eyes seemed to focus on a couple of the goddesses, and he tried to regain what passed for charm in an angry giant. All that he managed was creepy leering. Except Freya and Sif. I'll take you two home with me, I may have a use for you. Now give me more ale, I will drink everything you have. Freya brought the giant more ale, but Odin decided the situation was getting out of hand. He sent a messenger to fetch Thor. The Thunderer returned from troll bashing, quite upset he'd been distracted from his favourite pastime. He eyed the drunken giant distastefully. Who said you could come here and drink? he demanded. Why, Odin invited me to drink and I drank from your horns, replied the giant, clearly still in charge of some of his wits. Thor thought about this for a minute. He wasn't happy that he'd been called back to deal with an intoxicated Jorten. He was even less pleased that Odin had invited the large wobbling man to drink with him. Well, you'll regret the invitation, he replied. Hrungnir narrowed his eyes. Whether this was because he was trying to make a point, or simply to make sure he could only see one Thor, is not certain. I cannot fight you here, he said. I have no weapons and no armour. There'll be no glory for you if you kill me when I'm unarmed. No, I challenge you to meet me at Griotengarda, the courtyard of the rocky fields. It was foolish of me to leave my weapons and whetstone at home, but you would be a coward if you fought me when I was without them. Thor was delighted. He'd never actually been challenged to a proper duel before. So Hrungnir returned to Jotunheim. When he arrived home and told the other giants about the upcoming duel, they complimented him on his honour and bravery. They decided, though, they'd better stack the odds in their favour. Hrungnir was their best and strongest, and they wondered about how they would protect themselves without him. Their solution was unusual. They dredged a river with a bed of clay, and fashioned from the clay a huge man, nine leagues high and three leagues wide. The giants were very pleased with their creation. All it needed was a heart, so it would have the courage to fight. 
They gave it the heart of a mare and called it Mocker Kelfi, or Mist Calf. The giants hoped the heart would be strong. They had no doubt about Hrungnir's heart. It was made of stone, as was his head. With Hrungnir and Mist Calf fighting for them, surely they would be able to defeat anyone, even Thor. The giant stood waiting for Thor, holding a huge shield and a whetstone for a weapon. Thor arrived, accompanied by Thialfi. Well, that is, Thialfi arrived. He strode up to Hrungnir and whispered, Thor has seen you. You are unprepared standing there holding your shield. Thor will come at you from below. Hrungnir took evasive action for this new threat. He placed the shield under his feet. Thor, though, arrived on the horizon, accompanied by sounds of thunder and rage. Immediately on seeing the thunderer, Mistcalf weed himself. Thor flung Mjolnir at Hrungnir, who launched his whetstone at the same time. The two met in mid-air. The whetstone broke in two. One piece fell quickly to earth, while the other arced its way back towards Thor and embedded itself in his head. Thor dropped to the ground, so that he didn't see his hammer strike the giant right in the middle of his head. It smashed his skull into small pieces, and he fell to earth too. Well, actually, he fell right on top of Thor. Thialfi attacked Mistcalf, who seemed to have no heart at all, as he barely put up a fight. He fell to the ground with such a thump that it shook all of Jotunheim. So much for the mare's heart. Thialfi strode over to Thor and tried to lift Hrungnir's head off the victor, but found he couldn't do it. Go and get help, said Thor. Thialfi sped back to Asgard and brought all of the Aesir to the dueling ground. Each one of them tried to move the gigantic head, but none, not even Odin himself, could do it. The last to arrive was Thor's son Magni. His mother was the giantess Hjarnaxa, and he was huge, despite the fact he was only three years old. Let me try, he said. Magni lifted the head as if it was a feather and freed his father. Pity I didn't arrive earlier, said the three-year-old a bit smugly. I think I'd have killed this giant with one punch. Thor was impressed. If you carry on like that, then I think you'll become quite powerful, he said, somewhat understating the fact. Here, as a reward, you can have the horse Gulfaxi, which was the source of this quarrel. Wait a minute, said Odin. You can't give such a fine horse to a small boy. No matter how strong he is, you should give it to your father. Magni was clearly not a small boy, even if he was quite young. Thor ignored his father completely, and Magni kept the horse. This rankled with Odin, and he stored away the resentment so he could find a way to exorcise it later. When Thor returned from his duel, he went to see the Sibyl, Groa, who he was told could remove the whetstone from his head. She cast spells and weaved magic over him, and Thor felt the item in his skull would soon be gone. In a rather misguided attempt to show his pleasure at the thought, he told Groa that when he'd returned from the north, he'd found Orvandil, her husband, and carried him on his back in a basket. One of the hero's toes had stuck out of the basket. Thor had broken it off as they travelled, and cast it into the sky, turning it into a star, which he named Orvandil's toe. It would not be long, he added, until the hero came home. Sadly, this had the opposite effect from that the charioteer had desired. Groa was so delighted that she forgot her magic and the whetstone piece remained lodged in Thor's head. There it stayed, and is there as a warning not to throw a whetstone across the floor. If that's done, then the one in Thor's head moves, making him wrathful. Odin fumed. That horse really should have been his. Thor, he thought, must suffer. A trial of strength clearly wouldn't cut it, though. He gave it some thought. 
Some long time later, Thor, no giants to vanquish at the time, was strolling across the tundra. He walked for a long, long time until he entered a wilderness, and there he came to a swift, deep channel. On the far bank of the channel stood a lone figure, and next to the figure was a flat-bottomed boat. "'Hey, you!' shouted Thor. "'Ferry me over the river. I've got food in my bag and I'll pay you with it. It's a fine feast of herrings and porridge.' The Thunderer expected a meek and helpful answer. He didn't get one. "'You're a bit smug, aren't you? Go home, your mother is dead. All your family is grieving.' "'My mother dead?' answered Thor incredulously. "'Not only that, you are bare-legged and look like a beggar.' Thor decided the ferryman was simply an unpleasant idiot and tried to change the subject. "'Get that ferry boat over here. I'll guide you to the inlet. Anyway, whose is the ferry?' It belongs to Hildolf, who lives on the council isle. He told me not to carry horse thieves and robbers, only good men. Tell me your name. Who are you? I? I am none other than Odin's son, replied Thor pompously. I am the brother of Mili and the father of Magni. You are speaking with Thor, powerful leader of the gods. So, who are you, Mr. Ferryman? My name is Halbard. I don't often hide it. Well, why would you hide it unless you're in a feud? Ha! said Halbard. I've no quarrel with anyone right now, but I could certainly defend myself against the likes of you. Thor bristled. I couldn't even be bothered to wade over this river to take you on, so puny are you. But if and when I got there, I'd pummel you into the ground, you baby. You? replied Halbard mockingly. Why, you've not met anyone worth challenging since Hrungnir. Thor was incredulous. Hrungnir? Do you know the power and strength of Hrungnir? His head was made of stone and yet I killed him and watched as he fell at my feet. What were you doing while I showed my power to all? Well, since you ask, I have spent five winters with Fjolvar on the island they call Allgreen. Together we fought and slaughtered our enemies and we had our choice of the women. Seven sisters were mine, all lost their hearts to me. Tell me, Thor, what were you doing then? Well, I killed Thiazi, that powerful giant. I threw his eyes into the sky and turned them into stars. They shine brightly in the heavens. All men can see them and they glorify my greatest deeds. What were you doing while I triumphed over my foes? I was casting mighty love spells, enchanting many a lady. And I bewitched a bold giant called Halibard, who gave me a magic branch. That's how you repay a gift? asked Thor. All is fair, replied Halbard. An oak thrives when another is stripped bare. Tell me, Thor, what were you doing? I was in the east, in Jortenheim. I fought against evil giants, women who roamed the mountains. If I hadn't done this, then there would be giants roaming all the worlds. Men and women would have been flung from Mithgard. There would be no humans. What were you doing, Halbard, while I saved mankind? I was in Valand, and there I waged war. I encouraged battles and urged the princes never to make peace. Odin takes all of the nobles who fall in battle. You, Thor, only get the serfs. You, Thor, have strength but no guts. Why, you once had to creep into a glove to save yourself. You couldn't breathe or even fart, so scared were you the giant would hear you. Thor's face was getting redder by the minute. I'd swipe you down to hell if I could reach across this water. But why would you? We have no quarrel mocked Halbard innocently. And what were you doing meanwhile? I was in the east defending the river. I was attacked by the sons of Savang. 
They threw rock after rock at me, but I soon had them begging for peace. Well, I was in the east too, rejoined the ferryman. I had a good time with a woman in white linen. She was seduced by presents of gold. What were you doing at that time, Thor? At that time, I was on the island of Helisi, said Thor proudly. There I fought berserker women who had bewitched all men. That was shameful, Thor, fighting women. No, no, countered Thor. They were more like wolves than women. I had beached my ship on the island shore, and they battered it to uselessness. They threatened me with clubs of iron, and they chased poor Thialfi. These were brave deeds which you could not match. What were you doing? Well, jeered the ferryman, I was in an army sent to the battle towers of Asgard. You mean you waged war on us? exclaimed Thor. Halbard smiled. I'll give you a ring. That can make a truce between us. Thor was boiling over by now. This impertinent ferryman had insulted, mocked and goaded him, and now he was impudent enough to offer a ring in truce, with the most powerful of the Aesir. He raged over the water. How dare you! Your words are despicable. Where did you find such vile abuse? I got the words from an old man who lives in the woods. Your glibness and insults will cost you dear if I manage to wade over this water. You'll yelp and howl louder than a wolf when I deal you a blow from Mjolnir. And then Halbard really went for it. Your wife, Sif, is she at home? Yes, I'm sure she is, and she has a lover. I think you need to go home and meet him. He's the one to trial your strength against. Liar! Hold your tongue, you foul beast, you coward! I speak the truth, lied Halbard. I'd get home if I was you. Of course, you'd have been halfway home by now if you'd managed to get in my boat. Ah, you effeminate ferryman! You've held me up for far too long! Halbard was enjoying himself. Well, Asa Thor, never could I have believed that you, the great thunderer, could be delayed by a simple ferryman. Right, enough, bellowed Thor. Row that boat over here now. Shut your vile mouth and come to meet the father of Magni. I don't think so, Thor. I really don't think so. Go around the inlet, find another way. I'm not ferrying you across. Thor was hopping mad by now, but there wasn't much he could do about it. He complained he didn't even know the way. It's not hard. Keep to the left-hand road until you reach Mythgard. There your mother will meet you and show you the way back to Asgard. You'll get there by the end of the day if you hurry. The snows in Mythgard are thawing. Thor couldn't resist a final threat. If I ever see you again, you'll pay for your jeers and taunts, and for your refusal to ferry me. Go now, Thor, replied Halbard. Go where the evil beings dwell. Thor stomped away, not looking back. He'd come off worst in the duel of jibes, and he knew it. He fumed and walked and walked and fumed, until he was back in Asgard. Halbard smiled as he strolled off. A few minutes into his journey home, he shed his disguise. The smile broadened as Odin, the Allfather, savoured his verbal victory. Next time, Thor will have even more trouble with giants, and of course with Loki. As I've already announced, I'm afraid you have to wait four weeks for the next episode, because I'm off to Croatia on a family holiday. So, until then, have a great month or so, and I'll speak to you next time.